It's your Kali. What's up? The following program was brought to you by Yolo Kali. Keeping it weird since 1997. Oh. Who's that? Who are you? You're not allowed to be in here. Hey, yo, somebody get their grandma. Huh? Ah! Ah! Nah, you gotta do it like this. What's Up is back with another two hours of fully youth-produced content, tapping into the matters and concerns of youth in Chicago. As well as all the crazy, wacky, tea-sipping, gossip-spilling, weird shenanigans that we, youth, get up to. Listen to your own risk, because your mind might explode. The chances are low, but never zero. So strap in, and let's get into the show! Hello, you're listening to WLPNLP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio Chicago, broadcasting virtually from our Zoom. My name is Eileen, and I'm here with E, Araceli, and Maru. And in today's show, we'll be sharing our experience covering Pitchfork Music Fest 2023. Pitchfork Fest is held every year in Chicago's Union Park. It hosts up-and-coming artists who make music ranging from jazz, hip-hop, to electronic. This is Yolo Cali's third year covering this fest, and we're here to tell you all about our experiences as Pitchfork Festgoers. And huge shout out to Pitchfork for inviting Yolo Cali to cover the fest for another year. To start us off, what did you do to prepare for Pitchfork? Honestly, I was looking at the weather because you guys were kind of warning us last time that it was like muddy and like sandy. So I was like, okay, what's the perfect fit to go in? What's the ample like, you know, like, because I still want to look cute, but I also want to be practical. I brought my notebook and I brought myself and I brought a cute outfit. And that's all I really had to say. Sammy, I prepared an outfit the night before and I had like my bag. I brought like a big old mom tote bag to pitchfork it's kind of obnoxious and then i actually ordered a portable charger from amazon i've been meaning to get like a portable charger since middle school so pitchfork just did me a favor honestly because that made me finally get to around to it and i didn't even need the portable charger anyways which is kind of funny but yeah i definitely had like my big book bag with me just because i had to carry a camera and just some snacks and water and things. Definitely water, sunglasses, and a hat because the sun was out, especially on Friday, from what I remember. Was this the first festival that you guys have been to? Have you been to Lala or any other sort of festival? The only festival I've been in was Sueños. Thank you, Yolakali, again. But um, other than that, this is my second festival and hopefully like not my last because honestly, I had a very good time. I wouldn't consider myself like a people person or like someone that likes crowds, but I think Pitchfork was very, um, like it made sense where everything was, like placement wise. The three stages I think that they had, like were spaced out pretty good. Like they were close to each other enough that you could like just walk walk across and not get lost. And I liked that a lot. Um, I think Pitchfork, it was just like a very like friendly festival to be a part of and document, which I'm so entirely grateful for. Like, thank you. Definitely. Like, yeah, I've also been to quite a few music festivals. I haven't been to Pitchfork before. This is my first time at Pitchfork. This is my second festival, like actually covering it through media. 
um, but I've been to Lala, Ruido Fest, some out-of-town festivals, and I, I really liked Pitchfork because of the craft fair aspect and, like, fairs that they had on the side. I thought that was, like, really unique, and also, like, their Dash Pass stage was really cool, too, especially the fact that, like, just people could buy passes to that, like, you didn't have to be specifically media, like, if you were just a festival goer you could also try to like you buy a pass for that to experience like artists one-on-one -on -one. so yeah I really like the DoorDash interviewee stage it was really cool so Pitchfork had a great lineup of fresh voices and new performers hitting the stage day one we had musicians like The Smile, Youth Lagoon, Sen Morimoto prior to the fest did you all recognize any artists from the lineup we could start off with day one and go down day by day Definitely San Morimoto. I was happy to see Kaina on the stage as well with them. Uh, they were one of like the people I definitely wanted to do pictures for, and I was excited uh, to do that. Prior to Pitchfork, I didn't know anyone, but I did listen to the Pitchfork 2023 playlist on Spotify, and I kind of like already had my favorites like Sen, Vagabond, um, Ways Blood, like. Their songs I'd be like playing in the shower, like just listening to get like familiar and stuff. And I love like all three of their vibes. So yeah, it was really cool to like find new artists and new songs that I must still be listening to. I was the same way where I just didn't know anybody's name until I started li listening to the playlist, um, which I quickly found like some of my favorite songs, like from Rick, Rick Wilson. And again, I learned that day about San Morimoto. And oh my God, I, I wanted to cry at the performance. It was beautiful. I'm I'm listening to their songs right now. Thank you, Sen Morimoto, for that amazing experience, honestly. And then other artists, I want to say JPEG Mafia, which is, I know it's like a later day, that was Sunday, was also like a great experience to just see and witness because he had so much energy. And he was just so funny throughout the whole experience. And even though he had technical difficulties, like I thought it was very, like, just very fun to watch. Yeah, I would have to agree. I know this is skipping over to day three, but JPEG was someone who really knew his stage presence and was just very aware of how to like integrate the crowd into his music. I remember he'd be like, stop the music or like turn it up, crank it up. Like he he knew exactly what he wanted out of that performance, despite having technical issues, which I think is very important. But let's not forget day two. What did you guys think about day two overall? Well, we were cut short by the weather. I think there was lightning and then like a potential storm. Although I don't remember if my memory serves me right. It didn't like rain super hard at Pitchfork. Thank goodness. Because like didn't have an umbrella with me. When it first started to, you know, thunder and lightning, I was watching Vagabond's setup and her performance. And like she was getting like she was just barely starting out. She was getting into it. It was really fun. Her voice is like angelic. But yeah, it got cut short because of the, the storm, which kind of sucked. I would agree with that, Aseli. It was sad that it got cut short because we were, I think like mirroring you, we were at the DoorDash stage and I think Way's Blood was about to be interviewed and it had to be cut short. And that was sad because I was, I was really excited. But I think like after a while like everybody had come back we had left but like the festival reopened and everybody was allowed to back in which is really cool so who were you all excited to see that you didn't get to i would have loved to finish seeing the the way's blood interview and even seeing them live 
I mean, I know, I think, like, they actually went on, but I had gone home by then. Yeah, I was very excited to see Way's Blood. Also, King Cruel and Big Thief. For sure, Saturday was my most anticipated day to go, and the parade got rained on. But I'm very glad to those who decided to stick around and see them perform later on. So what did you guys think of the crowd, the overall crowd? What age groups did you see? Just anything that stuck out to you guys. I will start off with saying that there was like a bunch of kids, like people brought their like families in there, which I was like, okay, it's a safe festival. Like something crazy is going to go on. Again, I said it before, but like the festival was really friendly. Like it was just very like people had their own spaces and people just kind of respected that. People were in blankets, laying down. Um, It was just a matter of if you wanted to be a part of the crowd or not, I think, uh, which I appreciated a lot because again, I'm not really like a crowd person. But it was just nice to see people just relaxing, just chilling um, with their families, bringing their grandma, grandpas, their grandchildren. Like everyone was there, everyone and their mama. So that was like a very lovely thing to see. I definitely agree. And I think too, like just from seeing what people were wearing too, kind of shows like how laid back and like comfortable the pitchfork setting like actually is. I mean, I saw like people were wearing, you know, like, busting out whole fits that you know I was like man like that looks really good to like you know just being comfortable and like sneakers and like uh, a hat on or you know like with a big old like water jug or whatever like yeah so it was it was cool to kind of see like the diversity in like clothing too and I think it kind of like was a little different like day day by day I feel like Friday I saw more people just like comfortably and then Saturday I saw like I feel like I was turning my head like to look at like people's fits more kind of like oh they look cute or oh that looks good so yeah I don't know about you guys but that's how I felt yeah definitely like I saw so many like colorful outfits which are always my favorite I love a layered colorful outfit um but I'm also just thinking about like the artist's fits I feel like there were a lot of artists that were wore like really like chill outfits. Sen had a really chill outfit. Um, I think even Kaina had a chill outfit. And I remember we talked to them like later in the day and they're like, yeah, I just wanted to be comfortable today. Like, you know, nothing like too, too much. Just want to make sure I'm comfy. And I think that's also because of the weather. Like nobody wants to be super sweaty and just like uncomfortable while they're performing. Uh, so that was cool. But also speaking to like, how like it was really intergenerational it was really nice seeing like a lot of families and just like even for friend groups things like that there was this one really sweet photo that I that I took and it was basically like of a baby and their parent and like in the back you could see the stage and stuff and the baby had like the little noise canceling headphones and they were just like smiling and I, I feel like that's really like the vibe of pitchfork like you know like everybody can have fun all ages and yeah and I really like that yeah I definitely did enjoy seeing that there was just this shared space where even little kids could be with their little headphones it was really adorable just to see that you know people can listen to music as a family and it doesn't have to just be you know 18 plus and the fact that pitchfork is like that tells you a lot about how safe it is that there's kids allowed into there yeah, I, I thought it was a nice space, just very family of all age groups of any background. But now I think we should get into the DoorDash stage access because that's something that not everyone had access to. So 
We were very privileged to be there and see a bunch of artists get interviewed. And yes, talking about the DoorDash area, I want to give a special, or we want to give a special thank you to the 3DB crew, uh, Aliyah Einhorn, Mike Yoshinizumi, Leslie Beckyard, and Katie Lau. We were able to interview uh, Aliyah Einhorn and Katie Lau, I think on Sunday, which was such a pleasure to have a conversation with them. But yes, thank you to the 3DB crew and everyone else for this lovely opportunity to be here and document Pitchfork. It was such a lovely experience to talk more about the DoorDash stage. It was an exclusive area where a range of artists were interviewed by a series of panelists. Artists' interviews that I really liked, I, I keep thinking about um, JPEG Mafia. I don't know how they got into this spiral of just like, so if you were, uh, like, if you were, if you were doing your own fest, like, what would it be? Like, well, who would you, you know, what would you do? And he was just giving the most wildest answers. I kind of, like, forgot about what he said, but I know that there was, like, a death, like, a match to the death or something in there. Just that was really funny and he was just like just being himself and just being so blunt with every answer yeah i would have to agree with the jpeg one i it was funny because him nor the interviewer like knew what they were kind of conversing about and they were just both there trying to present a good time to everyone else i remember at one point he was like yeah i would get security but for myself I know it was really funny and I think it's cool to see the different energies they bring to the stage and then to when they're being interviewed and being asked about their craft so yeah I thought that was cool I think the interview that stood out most to me was probably Way's Blood even though her interview was cut midway if not sooner there was a ladybug that like flew on her her finger I think of her hand and she kind of pointed that out to like the crowd and stuff and I think I was kind of like semi-close sitting with Eileen and Maru so we got to see kind of like the little dot of the ladybug and I just thought that was awesome like some people think you know moments are aligned or you know special meanings or give significance to that and I definitely thought it was awesome and she talked about that too and just the way you know Waze Blood talked about uh, her music and the creation of it you could you could see that like it meant a lot to her and I just love seeing like everyone's like expressions and like how they talked about their music and kind of like the different energies that you get to see from someone being interviewed. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I loved seeing Waze Blood's interview before they left. Uh, it was just so nice. And they just have like a really kind like aura about them. And that one stood out to me, but also one of the first interviews on Friday stood out to me, like Kaylee 47. They were so nice super cool super sweet they took I was taking pictures and they were just so nice like the whole time like smiling and uh, even after greeting me and greeting like the whole crew and very just like welcoming and kind and I really liked their interview they were very adamant about like supporting people who are just starting gave really good advice telling people like if you have something you want to do go do it like nothing's stopping you but you and I thought that was just really cool to hear from like a rising artist you know and yeah I really enjoyed that interview and I thought it was really cool too like she wears um like a mask and she was also like talking about how she doesn't really go on social media like that and I thought that was also refreshing to hear from an artist. Like, that was really refreshing to hear from them. And also their fashion was really cool. They had a really bright orange jacket that was really nice. And, and yeah, I thought they were just really cool to to meet. That's so lovely. And speaking of, like, the interviews, uh, first day, Sen Morimoto, 
I think we were all just sitting there uh, watching it and they played a little, this little game. They were asking questions about Chicago's music history and stuff in that nature. And as we were listening, they were offering prizes, which thankfully, um, I think Araceli won a record. Araceli, you want to talk more about that? Or not Araceli, my bad, Eileen. Yeah, that was uh, that was me. And it was so funny because the only reason why I won it is because they were like, pick out someone with the coolest face jewelry. And there was no one with face jewelry. And I just so happened to have a septum. And I was like, me, please. I have the vinyl just sitting pretty with my other records. Um, and it was just, it was really cool because though I was there right in front of them, I didn't imagine that they would pick me. And I don't know, it's just a good feeling being like, having something signed from the person that created the piece of work themselves. So that was very fun. Definitely one of the highlights of the festivals. I totally agree. That was um, like, that was also a really great panel to watch. Um, it was San Morimoto, Kaina, Namdi, and Kara Jackson. Uh, and most of them are on like super records, which San Morimoto, I think like co-founded. So that was also really cool to, to hear about like, those experiences to just see them all together because they're also friends and I feel like seeing the dynamic with all of them like they were just having fun like joking around you know I think it was it made it that much more fun for the crowd and all of us that were watching. No it was fun to watch them all interact especially Kaina talking with Sen she she just got like a random text from Sen just being like you want to sing in my show and she was like kind of whatever about it as a, like a little joke which that was kind of funny and cute um and during this whole trivia um game I was able to actually secure a little cd from Kara Jackson it was just such a lovely experience and they were also friendly even after like the their interview ended they were still hanging around and I was able to actually like go up to both I think Sen and Gaina and get their signatures on my notebook which I thought was really cool but um, to get off of like the whole like watching people interview artists, how was it interviewing like festgoers or even artists themselves? Because I know a couple of them were just like walking around the area just casually, and I know like some of us just saw them. And we're like, okay, like do we do we go up to them? Do we do we ask them questions? Like do they want to be bothered? Okay, the experience interviewing Way's Blood was mind blowing. I think all the stars aligned for everyone in that moment. It was on Saturday. And, you know, Thunder, Lightning, Vagabond set at the Blue Stage had been canceled. So I went over to the DoorDash area. So I went and, you know, sat with them and I was recording, listening to Way's Blood in interview. Then, you know, unfortunately, the rain got worse and like the storm was really bad and stuff. So they took her off the stage. And so me, Eileen and Madu got a chance to go like seal an interview with her and while we were interviewing like a bunny popped up out of nowhere a baby a small baby bunny and it was so cute it was so fun um so yeah that was really that was really awesome going up to her and she was so welcoming so nice her answers were so thoughtful but yeah does anyone else have anything to say about that experience or interviewing festivals I'll definitely say that experience especially like being present for the interview was one of the like top of the weekend. But yeah, that whole process like trying to get the interview was slightly nerve wracking. Um, all I did was take pictures, but even then like just trying to like support like Araceli in um, empowering them, like in actually doing the interview was like, it was cool. Like we were all like, okay, should we do it? Should we not? 
um because we didn't have like anyone with us um and i think you know i think the program has uh prepared us for moments like that where we just have to take initiative and just do it and i thought it came out great uh i think even ways blood just enjoyed the interview because i know she was even doing like a lot of things that day and just when she saw the bunny like she just i got so many cute pictures of just like all of us like like near the bunny and she just got so elated and happy uh, i think that just like probably made her day too knowing like since it really was right after her interview at the doordash stage got cut off i think it was just like a nice turn of events um but i love taking pictures for those interviews too and the interviews at the doordash stage were, were really great and i just loved it it was such a good experience Thank you so much. I can't wait to listen to the interview. After these promotions, we'll be coming back to the discussion and we'll be opening back up without a setting. Araceli, I'm with the What's Up Youth Radio Show, part of the National Museum of Mexican Art, and I'm here with Wise Blood. Is this your first time in Chicago? No, I've been here many times. I think this might be my second Pitchfork Festival in Chicago. Yeah. How's this Pitchfork Festival going for you right now with the weather interruption? I mean, it's it's just great to be back. There's a good vibe here, and I I kind of didn't realize how much I missed it. It was it's been nice seeing old friends and other bands. So I know you have a different performance name, and I was going to ask, um, where does the inspiration come from that from, for that name? Um, Wise Blood is is kind of like um, this book by Flannery O'Connor, spelled differently, um, but it's a book, kind of a Southern Gothic tale, and um, I read it when I was really young. I came up with the name when I was like 15, and I just felt in my heart, I like I love the concept of the blood kind of being a carrier of wisdom because in a lot of ways it's the one thing that the mother passes on to the child. So it's the one thing that goes as far back as, you know our ancestors. Um, so the idea of wisdom in the blood to me was just very poetic and beautiful. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I haven't read that book in a long time though, and I haven't like really, like I feel like it's become my own concept at this point, but. You seem like a avid reader. Um, do you recommend any books for the youth to read? Or any, any of your favorite <laughs> books? Well, I would recommend a good book to read as a youth at this moment might be Neil Tyson's Amusing Ourselves to Death, which is kind of a beautiful, like, nonfiction book about how, you know, kind of the history of information and, and kind of going from a typographical society that read newspapers and books to a social media society. And it's just so re revelatory. And, and I feel like you can learn a lot about yourself and and kind of what's happening in the world at this moment that feels so um, dystopian, you know, and, but also just so inevitable. Um, so I would recommend that one. Sounds like a good read. So more on music. Um, music usually comes from powerful emotions or your experiences. What is your favorite personal um, emotion to write from? <sighs> I think curiosity. Um, kind of coming from a place of curious, you know, hope and uh, kind of coming um, into a place of, you know, being able to put to words the unexplainable. Oh, wow, it's raining a little bit, but yeah. <laughs> uh, who's your ideal musician to collaborate with and why? 
That's a really good question. Uh, there's so many brilliant musicians out there that I'd love to collaborate with. Um, I think if I had to choose at this very moment, um, it would be a very hard decision. I'm really struggling. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I'd sing a song with Nick Cave. That would be pretty cool. What is one song that you wished you wrote? Uh, recently, that song Our House by the band Madness. Um, and then, you know, eternally, Fruits of My Labor by Lucinda Williams. I think that's like such a perfectly constructed song. And lastly, um, our radio show is for uh, the youth of Chicago. So um, do you have any advice for uh, maybe inspiring um, mus musicians that are just starting um, out their career? Yeah, I would say it's definitely, um, it's definitely something you have to sacrifice for. Um, and, and, you know, you kind of have to give a lot of your time and your life to developing um, something really personal, like an inner world. And then people, people will notice that, you know, like, I think trying to be like another artist or trying to like kind of lean into your social media presence might not be as long-term as like creating a music that is so distinct to you that only you can make it. So I think that's a good pursuit. That would be my advice. Oh, one last, one last question. If you had to describe Pitchfork Energy in one word, what would that word be? Like nowadays, like the Pitchfork Energy here? Oh yeah, uh, Indie Lightning. Indie Lightning, that's what it feels like right now. We're dealing with some lightning strikes and yeah, it's just like all the bands are indie bands, which nowadays I feel like there's such a crossover between mainstream and indie that it's it feels unique, you know? Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Hola, you're listening to WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio Chicago, broadcasting virtually from our Zoom. And today we're talking all about our experience covering Pitchfork Music Fest 2023. So although we got to see uh, different artists, we all shared the same Pitchfork food experience. Some things were really tasty and all the workers serving the food were very sweet. So shout out to them. So I personally really enjoyed the Pop-Tart toaster strudel thing they had going on. I really needed that on a Friday afternoon. I think I had it. Um, so quickly, what were some of y'all's favorites? Unexpected highlight were the fried pickles that Emmy brought us. Shout out to Emmy for bringing us food um, because we needed that, especially on Saturday, I think, after a couple of us had like uh, YOLO right before so like we had run to Pitchfork right after because we are working people um, and yeah I thought those were so so good I have not ha had fried pickles before but those with like the bucket of fries <laughs> they were kind of fire <laughs> that's all we did. 
I'm a sucker for the free food. Again, we talked about it before, but the free food there, that was kind of, I don't know, like walking in, they were already like serving fries, like chili fries, I think, which I was like, oh my God, like, it's so fancy. But um, even after, like, we kind of wrapped things up for our first day, we actually went out to eat and we got like tacos, which I don't know why they were purple tortillas, which kind of reminded me of like the Grimace shake a little. So I was like, this is like kind of like poor time timing, I think. But they were still really good. I think just like a lot of the food there was like, they had like a lot of like deep fried stuff. Like I know one shop was like deep fried Snickers, deep fried like Twinkies. I was like, okay, like they, I didn't try any of it, but I was like, I, you know, I don't know. That was pretty tasty, honestly. For food, one of the big things that um stood out to me was on Sunday when I think it was me and e, me, e and August that went to go get um food from this one spot. And then they asked me, oh, do you want your corn dog to be a foot long or a six inch? And I was like, I have a choice. Um, but yeah, I, there was, they had foot long corn dogs, which just was real unique. And I got to see one in person and it was, I mean, it was a foot long. It was, it was insane. It was an experience that we didn't know we needed. I gotta say. Exactly. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank y'all for sharing your favorite foods from Pitchfork. Hopefully next year we'll get to try some more. But speaking more about Pitchfork memorable moments, let's talk with E and Maru about memorable moments that they captured. I was mainly taking pictures for the crew and of the the shows, the DoorDash interview stage. And I got to say, I had a lot of fun just like taking pictures. Everybody was so nice and welcoming. I would say, again, one of my favorites was that picture that I took of like the parent and their kid just like in front of the stage having so much fun. Like that definitely like, it just captured what the fest is to me. But also I got to take pictures for San Morimoto set, which was really great. That was also like such a good set, but just there were so many great moments like they were like dancing on stage really energetic they brought out their saxophone uh, and that was really cool to see them playing live uh, Kaina was there playing I think like keyboard and it was just really nice being able to to capture those moments capture some of the crowd um, but yeah I when I'm at festivals I like just I like taking pictures of the concerts but also you know of like what's going on around with the crowd, with the people just trying to, you know, um, remember the day. I mean, I even took pictures of when we got rained out on Saturday because <laughs> I just thought that would be fun to remember. But how about you, E? How was your experience taking pictures? Getting the special, like, yellow tag for the photo pass was pretty, like, it was pretty cool because, like, for the, how it works is that if you have that little yellow tag, you're allowed to go into, like, the front pit for the first three songs and take your photos with a bunch of other photographers, um, which wasn't that crazy. I know with some shows, like they were like kind of crowding us together and like it was hard to move and or not get in someone's shot. Um, but it was just, it was very like, it was very organized. Cause even sometimes they'd be like, oh yeah, like we'll split the group up in two. You get two songs, the other group gets two songs. So everyone has like a decent amount of space to work with, which I thought was very considerate. I got to take pictures of JPEG Mafia, which again was such a pleasure. Um, Because he was like jumping around the speakers and he was jumping over photographers, which that was so crazy. Um, So getting to see that energy like just very close to you was so, so amazing. I also got to take photos of Jockstrap, which I was not prepared because I was like, okay, like 
cute little photos. I go in there, the little like pit, and the bass just starts shaking every like everybody. I'm vibrating at this point, and I'm like, oh my god, like is this? I'm wearing like ear ear whatever earplugs, and I don't even think it's enough. I think I was still like caught off guard, but it was it was a wonderful experience. But some of the performances was just way too loud and I was like shaking just being like yeah okay like this is a good photo I guess still like I, I it was a very like lovely experience and seeing people that were like I want to make note of this because I know last year's pitchfork uh discussion the photographer Kayla was talking about how it was a in the photographer pit there was a bunch of like just older men just like as photographers but this year I saw like a bunch of other colorful teenagers or colorful young people similar to me that were also taking pictures which I thought was such like a lovely like refreshing experience to know that like I'm not the only one that's like all colorful one but it was just again a lovely experience. Definitely can relate to what you were saying for like the pit it can be very intimidating there's people there with like three different cameras, like really big cameras. And I'm just like there with like my Canon. And I'm like, I'm still going to be here because um, I'm just as valid as being here as you are. And I think like for us, just barely like starting off, like doing concert photography, I think it was, it's just like a really great privilege because it can be like very not diverse. And it just like, like you were saying, like very like cis privileged people like doing it. So I thought it was just really great to have that access, especially at like a festival um, like Pitchfork, which is really well known, like just throughout the world, because it's not just based in Chicago. I thought it was really cool. And I think also just serves to that point that people in festivals or in charge of festivals need to give young people more opportunities to do that. And I think it would be like a great way to get more young people in media, more young people in photography in general. I will say my experience at the DoorDash stage taking pictures on Friday was a lot more easier than like just like the actual shows. But I think that's more because like the DoorDash stage was a really intimate space. But yeah, I really liked it. And nobody nobody was like, what are you doing? Like, they were just like, oh, you have a camera, you're media, like, you know, you're meant to, to be here. So I really enjoyed that. And I did uh, for Friday, I was able to do a bit more like pictures of the interviews, which was like, like Kaylee 47, Perfume Genius, Always. And then, you know, like the whole crew from Super Records, Sun, um, Kaina, Kara and Namdi. And that was really cool. I just love these opportunities to do just like this kind of work because, you know, it's it's really it's really fun and helps us get, gain that experience. So thank you so much, E, for also sharing your experience. I think, if anything, I hope this inspires more people, more people of color, more queer trans people, more young people to you know, try to get into photography, concert photography, because it's it's fun. Besides this, like we were saying, we're also taking pictures of just the festival layout, the grounds. And one of the big things that stood out, uh, especially to me, was the fact that they had the Renegade Craft Fair there. And that was one of my favorite experiences of the festival overall. Just being able to, I mean, I love vendors, crafts, records, which they also had like a record fair there. And that was one of, that was something that stood out to me. Uh, so is there anything that you guys remember from that area, maybe a vendor that stood out? Did you buy anything? I personally bought 
two records. <laughs> I bought a Janelle Monet and Cardi B record because it had Bodak Yellow on it and it's kind of iconic, but we'll, we'll save that. Uh, but yeah, did you guys buy anything? I have to agree that the Renegade Fair was one of my favorite parts of the Pitchfork. I just love being at vendors events and the fact that it was just music mixed with vending and art. That was amazing to see. Um, but I did buy records. I bought Mama's Gun by Erica Badu. Um, and then I got my aura taken, which was so cool because I've always wanted to do that. And it was literally red, my favorite color. It was it was really nice. And they even give you like a little meaning to the color and they just go in depth with the explanation. It was just it was really unique. I loved it. I love that you shared that. Yeah, because I think a couple of us got our auras red. Um, if not all of us or most of us. But yeah, that that experience was so cool. Just being able to, that was something new to me. I don't know if you guys have had interacted with anything like that before. Yeah, I love the aura photos that we took. They had like an imprint where you could put your hands at. You just put your hands there. And then he told you when he was going to take the photo. Honestly, I believe it. I, I believe the whole aura thing. I have the little plant foot here. Yeah, they gave us like a little booklet too with it. So it wasn't just like the picture of you. It was like in this nice little envelope thingy. And then a booklet came in it explaining what was an aura. They had like a little section of like where and when for you to write like where you were, what was going on in your life so you can look back. And then they explained the colors and kind of like the different um, aura layers and what the colors mean. So yeah, that was really, that was really fun. That was really insightful. I love that experience. And I just found them. They're called Aura Iris. But yeah, shout out to them because it was a really cool experience. And mine was actually colorful. And I don't I don't know what all that means, but I'm going to be looking into it today and tomorrow because I think it could give some really great insight into personality and, and a lot of cool things. Uh, but is there anything else that really stood out to you guys from the fair or the record store? For me, I think it was really cool to see a lot of different kinds of vendors at the craft fair area. I really like this one vendor that stood out to me. I don't remember their name, but they were making like crochet items and they had like crochet bandanas and they had little mushrooms or like frogs on them. And that was so cute to me. I wanted to buy one, but I couldn't go back in on Saturday, which like tears, but hopefully I'll find them. Uh, but it, did anything like that stand out to y'all? I would have to say definitely I also saw that same crochet stand and that was so impressive because their stitching is so small. I, it's just like insane to me because they had so they had a whole rack full of just crocheted vests and the amount of time that that takes to accomplish is absolutely insane. So huge props to fiber artists that just can are able have the ability to do that. And, you know, are kind enough to share that art with the world and not, you know, keep it to themselves. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I feel like that also speaks to maybe fashion a bit. I did see a couple outfits with like crochet, like um, like accessories or like their fit had like crochet components. And that was really cool. I love I love that. Uh, or like people who make their own outfits is really cool. But yeah, I also thought one of the unique vendors did like tooth gems and I've seen that like most recently with other vendors who've done similar things and I think that's really cool like being able to provide services like that the aura readings 
um, like as a vendor. I think that's just really unique. I just want to give a special shout out to the vendors themselves, because when I went in the Renegade Fair, I kind of I was kind of feeling, you know, a little bold. And I was asking vendors, you know, oh, do you have a minute to spare to be interviewed? And I kind of asked them like five or six questions and they all were down. They were all super nice, super um just really polite and respectful people. And I, I love their energy so much. And I was kind of shocked at how many vendors were, you know, down for interviews, given that they're like selling at the same time too. So really appreciative of their time and their energy. And I hope they sold a lot of stuff because there was so, there was like so many amazing things there. I will say that like the one thing I didn't like about the Renegade Fair was that it was kind of just cramped. Like the aisles were small and I just, I walked by a couple of times. I walked in the place like around like a couple of times and I was just very overwhelmed by like, like there's crowds of people there, even though the aisles are already so small. And I just, it was like, I, every time I turned a corner, I was hitting something. So I was just like, okay, like, let me get out of here real quick. Cause I can't even process like what's in front of me. Also, I think there was like a couple of freebie stands, like besides the Renegade Fair, there was like other organizations and other companies, which was really cool because we got some free free merch in some places. Uh, so I would say I also I also appreciated that um, being able to go to different tables and meet like people from other organizations like Planned Parenthood was there, I think. Monster was giving out a lot of monsters. Um, but yeah, did you guys see any tables or anything like that that you liked or got free merch from? I didn't get to get the free ice cream. I had been looking forward to that all week and I was like, who's giving out the free ice cream? Who's giving it out? But I didn't end up getting it. But I did see a lot of people taking advantage of that monster station. And I remember telling E, I was like, man, if I liked monster, I would love this station so much. But I am not a monster drinker. But yeah, I think it's really cool how you don't even need to spend money to like, you know, get a few things. It's it's really nice. Yeah, well, I really I really enjoy hearing all of your your thoughts on the Renegade Fair, just like every everybody that was there. And I really had a great experience there. They had a really great like mix of things to do. Like if you weren't listening to music, other things that you could do if you like weren't at the stages. But yeah, let's let's get into our final review of let's talk about what you guys thought just overall of the festival. Um, who do you hope to to see next year? Honestly, this might be a little like maybe I'm a little delusional. I hope Vagabond comes back because I need to, I need to see her perform. It sucked that her performance was canceled because of the weather, and she was wearing such a cool fit. And I love her vibe, and her songs are awesome. So hopefully, hopefully she'll come back. Overall, I absolutely loved Pitchfork. It was my first year going, and I honestly did not know what to expect. But it was very chill. The vendors were amazing. Someone I hope to see next year is Alice Phoebe Lou. Um, but I I just think that she would be amazing in a setting like that, especially because she's up and coming. But yeah, Pitchfork, there's a recommendation for you. <laughs> but yeah, overall experience. It was great. It was welcoming. I loved all the spaces they had. Great first experience. Again, uh, just to match up with Eileen, I, this was also my first time covering Pitchfork and just being in Pitchfork in general. And it was such like a lovely experience. But um, it might, it might be a little bit biased, but like Hotel Ugly, maybe because I just saw their concert recently, but like, please, please. Uh, I like all of your suggestions. A few of mine would be, I would love to see Kara Jackson perform. Like seeing them at the interview stage is really cool. 
but like actually seeing them perform their new album why does the earth give us people to love i think that would just be so cool to see them perform live uh, i would also love to see girl k who we've actually had on the show before but i think that would be really cool um to see a pitchfork maybe jamila woods maybe janelle monet uh, just a few thoughts also if you need help curating a pitchfork we're here um <laughs> but yeah i think i think they should definitely bring a lot more uh, queer people, a lot more uh, trans people. Like, I'm gonna, like, I already loved Pitchfork overall. I thought it was really fun. It was my first time. But yeah, I would love to see that. And I'm, I'm excited for next year. Are you guys gonna come back or would you guys go back again? If y'all let me, I'm there. Um, hopefully this time I'll have a better time management where, cause like this weekend, or that pitchfork weekend we had like another show going on so we had to kind of like multitask and do both at once but hopefully next year if you know i'm just saying i'm i'm available i'm free i guess i'll pen you in pitchfork don't worry yeah for sure pitchfork if you need us we're here <laughs> just let us know <laughs> if you need us to come you know interview some artists we'll have the questions ready we'll even bring our own mics it could be it could be a thing <laughs> Exactly, exactly. We we bring interviews, we bring photography, we bring just general like awesomeness. Um, and they even shouted us out at the DoorDash stage during the Super Records interview. So that says a lot. Uh, we were called, I believe, a Chicago icon or Chicago like staple, something of the sort by Elia Einhorn from the 3db crew so i think this is a little bit of a lot of uh how great like just those experiences being able to go to music festivals is and just how just how awesome it is making sure that young people are included in those opportunities this has been really great talking about pitchfork reliving those days <laughs> i had a lot of fun i'm looking forward to next year so it was really lovely hearing you guys experience um just to introduce myself again, hi, hello, hey, this is Eve Rodriguez talking with Araceli, Eileen, and Maru. You're listening to WLPN LP 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio Chicago, broadcasting virtually from our Zoom. And this was our review of Pitchfork Music Fest 2023. Don't go anywhere yet, though. Second hour is music jams sharing songs from our favorite artists at Pitchfork this year and interviews with best goers and artists. interview stage host Elia Enhorn and Katie Lau, interview stage producer. Uh, first off, uh, how has it been collaborating with Pitchfork? What's up? I'm Elia. Hey, E. Um, thanks for having us on the show. Pitchfork is like a dream company to work with, to collaborate with, because I've been coming to this festival. I'm from Chicago. I grew up here. I've been coming since about the beginning, you know, so to get to start working on it about six years, seven years back, it was a dream. It was like it felt like one of those uh, local kid makes good moments, you know? Yeah, hi, I'm Katie. Thank you so much, E and team, for inviting us to speak with you. It's been so exciting working with Pitchfork these past few years. It's always been a publication that I've really admired in terms of the artists that they cover, and I think they are just 
some of the most talented music writers around, and it's been so great working on the festival. Amazing. Um, so, gotta ask you the deep questions. What are three songs that are on repeat for you right now? Three songs yes. on repeat right now. Let me get my phone out. <laughs> okay, do you got one right now? Well, uh, it's a song from 2022, I believe, but I'm still really loving Nilofer Yanya's Midnight Sun. I think that is such a cool song. She's such an interesting artist. Um, Ellie actually had the pleasure of interviewing her, is that right? Yeah, I, ha I paired her with uh, Robin Pecknold from Fleet Foxes once for a talk house. It was awesome. Yeah. Actually, backstage at Pitchfork here. That was one of those beautiful moments, yeah. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's so interesting. She's, I think, British and Barbadian. And, yeah, has, like, a really interesting melodic style. And the, the song is, like, it's, like, three different songs almost stitched together is the way that I think of it. it but it really works. Okay, so the, my song of the year so far, actually, so I curated the playlist for this area here, the DoorDash area that we're in right now. And it's mostly artists playing the festival, but there's like two artists that on there that are not playing the festival. One is Jane Birkin, who unfortunately, as we're speaking, just passed away last week and who I've been blessed to work with a number of times over the years and who I loved so much. And so we put in one of her songs, Jane B., with Serge Gainsbourg. Um, I've been listening to that a lot. Salute, Serge. And... Um, the other song that I added to that playlist is by this band called The Ballet, and it's called At The Bathhouse. And they're one of the best queer indie pop bands I've ever heard, sort of in the vein of like the magnetic fields or hidden cameras. And um, this is really just a song about bathhouse culture. And somehow it's like the, it'll have like your grandmother singing along about queer sex. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> That's so lovely. Thank you. Uh, this one's for Katie. Painting Zeros. What was it like recording the process for a floriography? Let me give you another one for the other. It's Painted Zeros. Just a quick <laughs> Name like, three punch. three songs right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, that's cool. Floriography I released in 2015 and jo uh, Don Giovanni Records put it out and Joe Steinhardt, who runs the label, is actually at the Chirp Record Fair right now. So it's so great seeing him he's such a buddy and he's always been like so cool and supportive of DIY punk music in the originally beginning in the kind of northeast New Brunswick New York scene but like it has really expanded beyond that um that was cool you know a lot of the music that I've made and recorded over my life has been just a learning process of figuring out how to engineer and record in the first place so um, yeah, I have a soft spot in my heart for, you know, my, some of my older releases and kind of hearing, uh, the ways that I've grown as an engineer since then. Uh, and we'll switch it off to Leah. Can you give us more insight on the significance of Clark and Belmont? Oh yeah. Oh man. You guys did your research. <laughs> uh, Clark and Belmont. So I'm 43 now. I grew up in Chicago and Clark and Belmont in the like 80s and 90s was like the punk epicenter of Chicago and it was a cultural hub, it was a lot of music and a lot of the bands that I've gone on to work with that I love, some of my favorite bands I first found out about on Belmont and Clark, you know, bands like Crass. Crass is one of the most formative punk bands 
ever in the history of that genre, right? And I first found out about them from people wearing crass patches and tattoos on Belmont and Clark and, you know, playing me their tapes, cassette tapes. And, um, and I just wrote the visa immigration for Crass's lead singer, Steve Ignorant, to come over this year. You know, so it's like, um, it, it, it's all part of who I am and, and my sense of curation comes from that, that upbringing. So you talked about being sober for years now, um, and we have a question about that. Sober 21, can you talk more about the importance of being sober in the music industry? Yo, E, whoever's listening at Pitchfork, hire E. E did their research, man. This is beautiful. Yeah, so, so I've been sober 26 years now, which is a, a really long time, right? Um, I acknowledge that. And, and I say that because sometimes when people are just getting sober, it doesn't feel real, you know? It feels more real to be like, yeah, I've been sober for like two months, three months. That, that feels more relatable. That's how it was for me. But um, what I realized is that, I, you know, I do a lot of work in the music community with people who are trying to get sober. And we talk about that process because what I realized is there were so many of us in the music industry who were in recovery and we didn't know about each other. So everybody was feeling isolated, you know? And they were feeling like um, they were the only one. And I thought, no, man, I know who all you all are and I'm gonna put us all out together in one book, which became Sober 21. And Katie's in there as Painted Zeros. <laughs> and so it was beautiful. And that, that book had like um, Nile Rogers, it had uh, Peter Hook, it had um, a Maluka, it had Katie, it had like, you know, um, all these incredible artists, both big artists, you know, huge like stadium artists and smaller indie artists, artists from all different ages, you know, from their like 70s down to being like in their early 20s, like Chastity Belt and, and, and across genre, you know, like Maluka does like dance and, you know, she works with Robin. She does like dance music. And then, you know, you got television, you know, where Richard Lloyd's ripping these post-punk solos. So it was important to show representation is my point, you know. We had um, all different sexualities, all different genders, and uh, we just wanted to be like, look, we're all here in the music industry and we're sober, and you can be too if you want. You know, if you see it, you can be it. Thank you so much. I think that's all the questions we have. Are there any, any final notes you guys want to leave us off on? I think it's so cool what you all are doing, man. And I know we got to work together last year when some of your team interviewed uh, Kaina on our Pitchfork interview stage here. and. That was such a powerful interview, and Kai told me later how much she enjoyed it. And can we just think what you guys do is so dope. And to be totally honest, I wish that I had had a structure like Charlie and Steph are, uh, have built when I was coming up. Because to me, growing up in Chicago at that point, there was like, we didn't have our own media infrastructure in the same way. It was like New York and LA seemed like where it was at, and like you had to leave to make it, you know? and like. And that's changed, man, that's changed. Like, to be clear, I was wrong at that time, but also it just wasn't visible to, to me at 14, you know what I mean? It didn't even occur to me that I could do what I'm doing now, you know? And like, you guys are doing what, it took me till I was like 30 years old to get to where you guys are right now in your teens and early 20s, you know? So that's like, that's like one of the dopest things ever. So huge love to, to the Yolo Kali organization and to Lumpen Radio for making that work, man. It's so rad. And that's for real. That is verdad. Yeah, we love you, Lakali. Thank you for having us. You are all really inspiring and awesome. And it's as much of an honor to be talking to you as it is to be talking to anyone at this festival. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much. I was truly a pleasure interviewing you guys. Thank you again. And hey. <laughs> Thanks, dude. Thank you.
chillin'. Layin' in the cut, though. Easy. Tryin' to see what up, though. Brooklyn. Home of the cut, though. Notorious. Y'all know how the rest go sleepin'. One eye open. Too smart, cause I'm always scoping. Watch. Washington was a lot about that, you know, just celebrating, you know, your individuality and coming into oneself. Mm -hmm. Acrylic, there was a moment in life where it was just like, okay, I love where I am. I love my spaces. And I want to invite, you know what I mean? I love what Washington said there. I want mm -hmm. to keep inviting people into this space. And let me elevate and innovate off of that and totally. just keep going, you know? And so I have this saying with acrylic you know where you are when you smell it. So when you smell acrylic, you are you where I live at. <laughs> you in my hood. So that was me saying, come, you know, like that was me inviting you into my hood. Um, Shape up. That was just the nail. That was the that was it. That was the mm -hmm. the period for the beauty series. Um, that was me really feeling and living in all that I went through. You know coming into my womanhood, you know, like really just stepping my mindset up and, you know, just inside and out, really wanting to shape up, like mm -hmm. just become a better person, become a better artist. Mm -hmm. So that's what Shape Up was about, like really getting me together. And um, I had fun. I had fun during the whole thing. And now I'm excited to embark on the next journey of being an artist mm -hmm. because that beauty series is what grew the little girl into this young woman that she sees today. And so now I'm ready to, you know, share the elevated me, the elevated sound, the innovated me. And yeah, I'm excited and I'm so grateful. I hope that you're excited. I hope, you know, some of you, I'm, I'm sure you know me, some of you may not. And you know, from here, I hope you're inspired to get into more of me and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend and tell more friends, and then go to school and tell them, okay? So, yeah. So, uh, what advice would you have for someone who is, say, looking to shape themselves up in life? Start. That's it. That's There's no other formula. <laughs> just gotta Start. do it. Yeah. You just gotta do it. Like, you have to, you know, just even in the mind, like, everything, for, for every change that you want, there's a start that has to happen. So, even with the thoughts, you know, just trying to battle certain things and you know come against doubts you have to start you know what I mean fighting against it you have to start thinking the good versus the bad you know it's I get it it's 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 easier said than done but as long as you just plant that seed you know the first thought of doubt that comes in okay it sits there for five minutes so what you know what I'm better than that I you know what I, I actually can you know what not that I can, I will, and I am. <laughs> and next week, how about that? So yeah, you know, it's just all about starting. Even in your purpose, you know, like, or trying to find it. Like, sit with yourself, talk with your friends, talk to yourself, talk to God, talk to whatever your higher power, whatever your light is, like, speak to that, and really spend time with that. So you can find just what your true, true purpose is. And then from there, tap into the passion that's going to feed into that purpose. Your passion is going to push your purpose so far, and by the time you look up, you're right where you want to be. So I feel like the formula is to just start. 
and don't stop. It's no other button. That's it. That because that's all I did. I started and I never stopped. I started thinking better about myself. I never stopped. I started wanting more for myself. I never stopped. I started this music journey and I never stopped and I never am. Oh, it's it's good advice. Yeah, well learned. Um, possibly related to that, uh, I've noticed that you are not on social media, at least not publicly. Um, no. <laughs> no. Do you do you look at social media at all? No. There you uh, go. That's, no. that's the real secret, right? <laughs> no, um, yeah. I've never been like, I'm not against it. I have nothing mm-hmm. against social media. I think um, it can be a beautiful thing when, when it's used right. But mm-hmm. it's just that it's a tool. You know, it's a tool mm-hmm. for just that. And then there, I mean, well, for people like myself, it can be a tool, you know, sure. as an artist. Yeah. But then you have just, you know, just real life that just happens where people just want to mm-hmm. express themselves. And I think that. You should be able to do that, but unfortunately, we see how mm-hmm. it's a little. Yeah. Um, so oh yeah, to put yeah. It mildly, yeah. <laughs> so you yeah. know, with that, it's just it's it's not a it's not a place for me, and it just is what it is. You know, it, it is what it is. I don't hate it, but no, I don't live there. <laughs> no, that's good. I that do not live there. That is good. Check check check. Hello. Uh, this is live. My name is August Abitang. I'm here for What's Up, Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM, WLPN, Chicago. I'm here with... LaKaylee47. And we're here at Pitchfork 2023. LaKaylee, you're going up today. Yes, I am on the blue stage at 7.45 tonight. Super excited to turn up with you because we're going to have some fun. I'll be there. Yes, you better be there. I'll be in the pit okay. for you. <laughs> yes, it's, it's super cool. We're out here at Pitchfork Fest. Chicago, what top of the summer, and we about to f it up. <laughs> thank you, thank you. You knew you knew to censor it, all right? <laughs> uh huh. I got you. <laughs> so, so uh, when was your first time here in Chicago? Ooh, my first time here in Chicago. I came some years ago, um, actually, to uh, visit. I, I want to say it was Gallery, the store. Yeah and Virgil was in there and everything. So that was actually like my one of my first times. Then I got the privilege to come back to play on my very first tour. And so Sub T is like home for me. <laughs> and I love them so much. And it's one of my favorite places to play. Like if I can play at Sub T every time I come to <laughs> Chicago, I would. That's yeah. a good venue. Yes. That's a really good venue. Yes. So we do uh, a fully youth produced radio show all of all nice. of these kids here look we, at all we of put, this beautiful youth here man we the put bright it all together. Yeah. this is insane and i love that you're you do this you know what i mean i love that you're walking in your purpose each and every single one of you guys because what you're doing is helping me what i'm doing is helping you and this is how we show that people makes the world go round so shout out to y'all for even being brilliant enough to take the step to do this because this is needed especially in this business so keep going and keep growing i wish you guys could see what i see i see nothing but beauty style flair just every just cuteness it's just cute everybody cute <laughs> everybody just cute <laughs> it's cute like thank you thank you so much for the kind words thank you it's it's it's, it's the truth it is what it is yeah. it goes back it re- it's reciprocated thank you i appreciate that um, so, with that being said, I wanted to ask, do you have any 
words that you would like to say specifically to uh, youth, not just in Chicago, just youth um, looking looking to be in uh, music industry or yeah. or create art independently? Absolutely. Um, it's what I said earlier. It's just all about starting and not stopping and listening to yourself. I know, like, being a creative, it's so weird. It doubt. It's, it's like the first thing that tries to creep in and enter is that doubt. But just know that doubt is there because you're that great. You know what I mean? So fight that doubt and just start. And again, and it, and it starts with just starting. You got to start to fight the doubt. You got to start to start the company. You know what I mean? You got to start. It starts in your mind. It starts in your heart. So my advice is to just start and not stop. That's what I did. People tried to limit me to being just a songwriter. You know, there, people, there were people that told me that I would never make it, and especially not in a mask. And there was a point where I did let people's fears kind of, you know, jump on to me. Only for a second, though. I shook it, and I said, I'm going to start, and I'm never going to stop. And that's exactly what I did. I went from putting up music on SoundCloud to having three plays and you know you're in your mind oh god there go that doubt again oh, only three people heard it take it down no put it back up <laughs> it's about starting and not stopping so it went from three plays one month to three thousand then next thing you know it's thirty thousand and then now there are people in my inbox wanting to know just who i am and that's only because i did not let other people's fears stop me so when you start keep going do not stop I don't care like you know we talk about youth and yes you are definitely the definition of youth by age look all of that right but once you get 30 don't dare think that your youth is gone youth is here youth is here it's in your brilliance you can be 42 and have the most youthful and brilliant ideas that's what youth is youth has nothing to do with being teen or five <laughs> you know it has everything to do with the heart the mental and you have it now you're never gonna lose it so keep that mentality going thank you so much for no, those thank you. those are beautiful words thank you. i think you represent youth in in its fullest potential you know it's with about being youth it's all about the youth and this right here is nothing but youth it's it's lively it's fun this aura is youthful it's beautiful uh-oh here they come <laughs> thank you so much no, thank you. I, I have one more question yes, come on. okay your dream collaboration oh dream collaboration jay-z that's a solid that's like uh, <laughs> oh kendrick. kendrick kendrick lamar kendrick yeah i would say kendrick for sure kendrick and hove are like Kendrick Hope in ERD. Yeah. <laughs> Pharrell, get Pharrell in there. Yes, yes. And I've had the privilege of working with uh, Chad, which was so like, man, the way he pours into youth and pours into a room, it was just so beautiful. So hopefully one day I'll get to see that really out in the universe. I started it. I started. So it has to go, you know what I mean? So it has to happen. So yeah. Thank you so much, Thank like you. Kelly 47. We here at What's Up? On Lumpin' Radio, WLPN, LP, Lumpin' Radio, 105.5 FM, Chicago. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Good luck on your performance tonight. Thank you so much. Thank you.
I'm from the What's Up Radio Show, and I'm here with uh, Anna. How old are you, Anna? I'm 22. Um, where are you from? I'm actually from Arkansas, funny enough, but I've lived here for like four years. Awesome. How do you like Chicago so far? I love it. It's amazing. I'm never leaving. <laughs> What's your favorite season? What's my favorite season? Probably fall for like the three minutes that it's here. <laughs> I agree. Fall is pretty cool. Um, so, is there anyone specific you're looking forward to seeing here? Um, actually, Youth Lagoon. I'm pretty excited to hear them, listen to them in my in my youth. Um, so it's fun to hear them now. What do you think is the music genre of the year, in your opinion? Um, indie rock every year. Is there a particular reason why? Um, I don't know. I mean, I like the vibes, <laughs> and I like the crowd that it brings out. I think that like. At anything that is more indie rock focused, just the crowd overall is like very like kind and fun and like easy to make friends in. It's like good energy, right? Yes, exactly. What is your Pitchfork Festival must have? Hmm. Sunscreen. I agree. I agree. Sunscreen is important. Okay. And final question: um, Would you rather wake up with sunburn tomorrow or have your phone die on you right now? Have my phone die. Really? Oh yeah. Have my phone die. I'm going to destroy fest tomorrow, so no sunburns. <laughs> okay, thank you so much for your time, Anna. Of Have a good Hi, I'm Anna with the What's Up Radio and I'm here with Isabel. Awesome, Isabel. Um, how old are you? I am twenty two years old. Where are you from? I'm from the suburbs of Chicago. What brings you to Pitchfork? What brings me to Pitchfork uh, is not just the music, but I'm also working um, for my boss. <laughs> we have a shop in Pilsen, um, and we usually work with Renegade in the summer. So we're here this year at Pitchfork. Awesome, awesome. Can you share a little bit more about what you're selling today? Yes, yeah, so we brought with us our jewelry and our uh, handbags. Um, we have a lot more at our shop. We also have like vintage wear. Uh, vintage and artisanal kitchenware, um, but our main our main thing is our jewelry label. Um, yeah. <laughs> they look really pretty. Um, is there anything specific that um, you like about the Pitchfork uh, crowd here, selling-wise? So this is actually my first time at Pitchfork, and I would say the energy is really great here. Everybody's been friendly. Um, they like to talk which I love to talk to I love to make conversation so I'm excited for what's to come and you know the people that I I want to see awesome are you looking forward to anyone performing yes I'm definitely excited for JPEG I also want to see uh, Julia Jacqueline um, I know a couple like snail mail but I'm not super excited about anybody else except for those two yeah in your opinion, uh, what do you think is the music genre of the year? Oh my gosh. 
I would love to say hyper pop, but it, I don't think it is. Uh, why hop hyper pop? Oh my god, it's just so fun. It's fun. It's it always puts me in just a great mood. Yeah, I would just say it's fun. Awesome, awesome. Last question: Would you rather wake up with sunburn tomorrow or have your phone die on you right now? Oh, uh, sunburn. Even though I'm a sunscreen advocate, worry about it later. I need my phone uh, for like uh, communication purposes. All right, hello, my name's E. Rodriguez. I go by they, them pronouns. I'm here with What's Up Radio Show, 105.5 FM Chicago. Um, can I ask who I'm speaking to, your pronouns, and what neighborhood you're from? My name is Melissa, pronouns are she, her, and I'm coming from the East Village in New York. New York? Oh my god, you traveled all the way here? Yeah, I come here every year with my friend Victoria, who lives in Lakeview. Oh my god, that's lovely. How are you enjoying your stay here? I love it. I come here every time. It's such a chill festival, so it's a really good time. And the artists are always great. Are you here to see anyone by any chance? Um, yeah, a few people. I'm trying to remember. I feel like Always is on the top of my list. Um, Wise Blood and Big B are the big ones. So you're here for the weekend, right? Yeah, here for the weekend. All right, now I gotta say, your fit looks so lovely. I saw it from like a mile away. Can you help give me a fit breakdown, like describe your outfit? Yeah, I have a top from 1X Blue. It's like a little anime top. Um, a black skirt I thrifted, some Simone Rocha socks, and the Cecily Bonson and Asics collab. That's so amazing. So you say you thrift, is it all thrifted or? Yeah, it's all, well, the top is thrifted, my shoes and my socks are not. Lovely. Thank you. Also thrifted. We love that. How long did it take you to get ready? Actually, not that long. Probably like 30 minutes or so. Yeah, yeah, I packed, so I didn't have much to choose from to begin with. Also, I noticed you have the designs on your head. Are those tattoos? Those are tattoos. I'm a tattoo apprentice, and these are all done at my studio. Yes, thank you so much. Nobody, yeah. Pull up another Rari, yeah. Be a feelings that my carry. Pull up another Audi, yeah. I ain't out watching nobody, yeah. Pull up another Cardi, yeah. I ain't out watching nobody but you. Pull up another Lada. Put me up the bins on the Prada. So, what are you guys' names? Ooh. Mal. My name's Chase. Okay. Uh, are you guys from here? Yes, we have, we've lived here for eight years now, and we live in Bucktown. Yeah, eight years. Shout out to Bucktown. <laughs> Who did you guys come to see? Panda Bear. Oh, and you know I'm about to see King Cruel. King Cruel yes. <laughs> Is there a song you guys are excited to see on like stage? Everything Panda Bear and Sonic Boom. Yeah, King Cruel's got a song, Stone, again. It's so good. Yeah. I hope he plays it tonight. Everyone's going to be bumping if he plays it. So, how, how's like your time so far here? Like... It's been fun. It's always a fun vibe. This is our third time here at Pitchfork, and it, we yeah. always have fun. It's, yeah. it's good people, it's good music, good energy. The weather's a little bit of a drag because it's <laughs> been delayed a bunch, but uh, yeah, it's a cool atmosphere. Everyone here is vibing, and uh, vibe. yeah, 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 it's fun. Thank All right, thank you so yeah, much. Good to meet you guys. Thank you all so much. I'm Aslan. What are you? What are you guys' names? 
I'm Rosie. Mika. Are you guys from Chicago? I grew up in the suburbs, but I live here now. Uh, I'm not from here, but I, I live here now. <laughs> yeah. So who did you guys come to see? Today, I'm really excited about Julia Jacqueline, Wise Blood, and Big Thief, which is my favorite band. Yeah, pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your, like your favorite song you want to like see on the stage? The new Big Thief song, Vampire Empire. I I just, I love when Julia plays, um, Julia wears a cross. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. she's, I've seen her play Olivia it before. Wears a cross. Yeah, yes, yes. It's really, really good. Um, so I'm excited for that. Yeah. How's your time so far here? It's good. Yeah, I mean, I'm sad that it's raining, like, or whatever this is. Yeah, I just got here, so fine so far. I mean, I was here yesterday, and yesterday was great, too. Well, thank you guys so much for your time. Yeah, um, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you all. Have a good time. And that's the conclusion of our program. Brought to you by the fine folks at... Oh, not you again. No. And y'all, who let her back in? <laughs> and that's a wrap. We hope you enjoyed whatever it is you just heard. Heartwarming interviews, tear-jerking stories, magnificent music, and the sound of our voices. Because God knows that this is the best content on the airwaves. Don't forget to follow YOLO on all their social medias at YOLO Kali. And you can find all our audio content on SoundCloud, MixCloud, and Apple Podcasts. We bougie like that. Well, that's it. Bye. See you next Saturday from 12 to 2 p.m. for another episode of What's Up? What's Up? What's up?